This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, I guess congratulations uh, is in order for the country of Myanmar. They have taken the lead uh, over Afghanistan in creating uh, the most heroin or poppy seeds uh, in the world. So congratulations to uh, Myanmar. They uh, estimate uh, their opium production this year is uh, going to rise 36% to over 1,000 tons <laughs> uh, far ahead. I mean, Afghanistan, is. what are you doing? They're only at 330 tons of opium. What is happening? So the poppy, uh, poppy cultivation in Afghanistan dropped by 95% after the drug ban by the ruling Taliban last year. Yeah, okay, so 330 tons is 95%? I don't think so, but okay. All right, if you if you say so, if you say so, that puts uh, Afghanistan far in front of Myanmar without the drug ban. So anyway, congratulations to uh, Myanmar for jumping ahead to number one. Don't worry about that whole civil war conflict going on. No way. <laughs> I mean, heroin production is making these people a lot of money well at least you think they would maybe the farmers aren't making so much but then they've got to ship it so it's the shipping i mean i i realize that uh, but you know everybody's making uh, a pretty penny off of the opium and not only are they having uh, government issues i mean they have the military uh, apparently is the largest producer of the opium in Myanmar, and the powerful mafia families in Myanmar who they brought them down because uh, they built uh, wealth from you know gambling and scam centers and narcotics but the insurgent groups uh, who rely on the sale of opium to fund their operations say uh, no that's ours and not yours and we're taking you down okay so how about you just back off <laughs> uh, okay so it sounds like fun in Myanmar sounds like a great vacation spot so if you have an opportunity to get an airbnb in Myanmar, boy wouldn't that be fun also one of the things in this story that made me actually i laughed out loud i lol uh opium is the key ingredient for the hard drug heroin uh thank you welcome welcome to chewing the fat All right, so as long as we're, you know, talking about drugs, we might as well talk about Hunter Biden, who is, I guess, showing up in D.C. today to testify. I doubt he'll have anything to say. I'm surprised that they still made him show up. Uh, Just, I guess, a sign of flexing because his uh, trial or his case in California is going to, you know, conflict with all of what they're asking him about so he can just say i can't answer that i've got an ongoing case sorry anyway we'll see if anything comes of that i doubt it but there was a breakdown we talked about uh you know the breakdown of what hunter spent uh between 2016 and 2019 
And according to this uh, breakdown by Colin Rugg, at Colin Rugg on X, uh, he spent quite a bit of money on hookers and drugs. Uh, (laughs) He did spend some money on uh, clothing and accessories and education, which I'm sure was some sort of sex thing, uh, in health and pharmacy, again, drugs, uh, in retail purchases. Okay, so if you break this down, according to this list by Colin, uh, $683,000 plus in prostitutes, $397 plus thousand dollars in clothing and accessories, three hundred, which is weird because all his videos, he's naked. I'm not sure where he's wearing the clothes. Uh, $309,000, I know where he's wearing the clothes when he goes to milk people for their money. Uh, $309,277 in education, uh, $237,000 plus in health and pharmacy, two hundred. 236,000 plus in retail purchases, 214 plus almost 215,000 in food and restaurants, 203 almost 204,000 in insurance, 191,000 almost 192 in loans and mortgages, uh-huh, 188,000 almost 189,000 in uh, porn adult entertainment. Legal and accounting fees was only $147,566. Telephone and utilities, $118,440. This was between the three-year period of 2016 and 2019. He spent $71,000 in drug and alcohol rehab. Apparently, when you're spending $100,000 on drugs and hookers, the rehab doesn't work. Uh, $53,000 for bank advisors. Uh, 58,000, almost, uh, well, 59, almost 59,000 in credit card payments. Got to make the payments, keep the card working. $42,856 in home improvement. Uh-huh. 39,000 in cleaning and child care. Okay. Uh, $24,445 in other entertainment. Okay. $23,567 in recreation. <laughs> <laughs> all of these are all tied in. Now, the notable purchases, according to Colin in this uh, in this X post, one hundred and forty thousand dollars for a fourteen night bender in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's when he was using the uh, the, the Chinese credit card. That's been uh, that's been documented uh, quite well. Sixty nine thousand dollars to fix his teeth. That's a good deal. Uh, 12 plus dentists are criminals. You know that. So whatever it costs to fix his teeth, is going to be more than what you or I would pay. So he paid 69,000 to fix his teeth. $12,000 at Larry Flint's hustler club. That's good. I mean, that's not that much really. And a thousand dollars on a sex cam site. That really isn't that much either. I mean, that's like peanuts. That's just logging in. So uh, there's Hunter Biden, the uh, the son of our president, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden. And uh, he is uh, the smartest man that our president knows. Huh. Well, isn't that interesting? And you ask, Jeff, would you like to party with Hunter? You bet. Okay, so yesterday we talked about the uh, the switchblade, which is the road legal three wheeled vehicle that can be converted into a flying aircraft within three minutes, according to this story. And it has two retractable wings and a tail that folds into the fuselage. And we broke it down and how much uh, they claim that you can travel up to 195 miles and 190 miles an hour in the air, 13,000 feet above sea level, all, all this stuff. We covered all the details in yesterday's uh, show, which you can listen to if you're listening live. Today is the 13th of December, 2023. Well, then I watch a video of the Switchblade. We're not even that close. 
Uh, they want to think like this was some great thing that this flew and it only flew a little bit. Uh, a, you can't, you can take off only from an airport unless you're really sneaky, it says in the video. Yeah, okay. Uh, plus, the uh, retractable wings, <laughs> uh, they've never shown that to work. Wait, what? Yeah, the conversion, they've not shown that to work. They just say that it does that. But they show you photos of the vehicle when everything is uh, folded in. And then they show you pictures of when everything is out. But they don't show this easy conversion that they claim to have. So we are not even as close as what they claim. And plus, with all the other rules and regulations that are going to have to come, which we covered, uh, which we've covered uh, in other stories as well, uh, don't get your hopes up. I'm sorry about getting your hopes up with uh, the switchblade uh, yesterday because we are not even that close. I know that everybody is all excited. The uh, the uh, Samsung Sky that is that's what switch the switchblade is under they have 14 years of design rigorous testing our first flight is a major milestone uh-huh we can now move forward with producing thousands of switchblades to meet the massive and enthusiastic demand again i say uh-huh because it's gonna have to work and uh then you're gonna have to prove that you can actually do it and you have to be a pilot i know they've got back orders and i'm sure that some of the People that are buying it don't care if they have a pilot's license or not. They'll just fly it around their, you know, 100,000 acres, which would be kind of cool, actually. But that having been said, this is not going mainstream for quite some time. You know, and as long as we're talking about flying, how in the world does this happen in today's world? The FBI is investigating an incident in which a Russian man flew from Europe to Los Angeles without a passport, visa, or even a plane ticket. How? How, I ask? That's why they're investigating, Jeff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't understand it. So, Sergei Vladimirovich Akchigava uh, is uh, charged or has a federal complaint against him uh, being a stowaway on an aircraft. But that's he didn't stow away in the baggage container. He was inside the airline with a, in the airplane with everyone else. So he landed in L.A. on November 4th on a Scandinavian Airlines flight from Copenhagen. And I love those flights. Man, you, you fly from Scandinavian Airlines uh, from Copenhagen into LAX. It's just a, just a darn nice flight. So when he showed up in Los Angeles at the customs checkpoint, he had no passport, no visa, was not listed as a passenger on the flight. He initially claimed, what did I do with that passport? I must have left it on the plane. Then they didn't find it. They searched the plane. They searched his belongings and found Russian and Israeli identification cards. Now, he's believed to be Russian. He said he had worked as an economist in Russia and was provided with a Russian translator during his interview. The flight crew noted unusual behavior during the flight. Yeah, like he didn't have a ticket. Uh, so he wandered around the plane and kept changing his seats. He also asked for two meals during meal service and at one point tried to eat some chocolate. I love this. That actually belonged to the cabin crew. <laughs> if I was walking by, let's say uh, you know, you're passing by the old cabin crew there and there's some chocolate laying out, I may reach over and grab some too. Anyway, uh, the next day he was interviewed by the FBI and he claimed that he hadn't slept for days. He didn't understand what was happening. He didn't remember getting on the plane. He didn't know how he got through security without a ticket. Huh, isn't that interesting? Now, the flight crew members 
Uh, don't they conduct head counts for their individual sections? Yeah, but that's only to ensure the plane was balanced for landing and takeoff. Okay, that wasn't for you know the actual passenger count and that they were one person above the manifest. You can't expect them to know that before they take off. My gosh, this is Scandinavian Airlines. <laughs> I don't know how it happens. I mean, I, you can barely drive by an airport without getting stopped with security. Well, at least here in America. And I'm sure it's that way, you know, in many airports around the world. And I don't know how you're traveling uh, without a ticket, without a passport, without a visa, nothing. And you're wandering around getting dinner, stealing chocolate. And the flight crew is like, oh, that's a little strange. Oh, it's a little, oh, it's a little bizarre. Yeah, and just a little, just a little. Anyway, we got to find out. Uh, we have to keep an eye on what happens to Sergey Vladimirovich Agdivgava, something like that. <laughs> o C H I G A V A is his last name, and the middle name is V L A D I M I R O V I C H. And I figured out Sergey all on my own. S-E-R-G-E-Y. I know. I'm good that way. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So it's that time of year again. We've got to be reminded what Nostradamus has in for us for the coming 2024 year. Did he get anything right in 2023 with some of his uh, prophecies? The uh, the quatrains in the, his 942 poetic verses. <laughs> uh, I know he's been credited with foreseeing, uh, you know, the rise of Adolf and uh, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the September 11th attacks, COVID. Okay, we'll we'll see. The quatrains are tough to uh, tough to translate. So, you know, I've watched a lot of shows of different translators, uh, you know, translating the quatrains from the Les Prophéties, and uh, we'll see. Uh, let's see if he, uh, I don't know that uh, he got anything right in 2023. I guess the, did he did say, I don't know that there was actually a year to this, but he did say that the rising, his words uh, f- uh, translated from the quatrains, the soaring cost of living affecting everything from food to fuel, okay, uh, he's claimed uh, so high will the bushel of wheat rise that man will be eating his fellow man. We haven't reached that yet. <laughs> but we're, you know, you make the case, he's pretty close. I uh, talked about a climate catastrophe. Uh, the dry earth will grow more parched and there will be great floods. Elsewhere, he warns of uh, a very great famine through pestilence wave. I mean, I guess, and that's how it sounds when you read the quatrains. The latter phrase potentially referring to tsunamis destroying agriculture. Yeah, we know what he means. Uh, thank you. Uh, and uh, the, uh, tw- the climate events in 2020 fear, 2024 are what we fear. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, I guess he claimed there's going to be a confrontation with China in uh, 2024. Uh, that actually could happen. Uh, the quatrain opens with uh, a vision of combat and naval battle with the red adversary will become pale with fear, putting the great ocean in dread. Man, this guy was fun to be around. That's why he just went away. 
he just went away off by himself and stayed in his room with his little candle burning <laughs> and his inkwell and he was just writing his quatrains <laughs> and he had to put it in poetry so that they wouldn't arrest him because he can't i guess you couldn't be a visionary uh during his day so he said okay well i'm just writing poetry but he was really you know writing his visioning so i guess uh you know we could be at the war with navy or with china uh either you know on the land and uh naval on the ocean so okay all right uh he claims that there's going to be a, a royal tumult in uh, 2024 now uh queen elizabeth died and uh, the king uh you know is king charles is there but uh, nostradamus refers to someone he calls the king of isles now they claim that that's you know, would be Harry, the King of Isles, who has had a controversial divorce and who is driven out by force. Okay, so that's King Charles, right? He had the controversial divorce and he's going to be driven out by force. He's going to be replaced. This is who he's going to be replaced with, which is Harry, one who will have no mark of a king. Okay, now that's him, I guess. That's Harry, no mark of a king. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome now carrie and then you know harry's gonna have to leave uh megan and that's definitely gonna happen that was predicted in the chewing the fat quatrains uh quite some time ago that's coming very very soon apparently we're gonna have a new new pope in 2024 that doesn't surprise me i mean pope francis is almost dead as it is he hasn't made to who died today yet but he is almost dead according to nostradamus uh through the death of the very old pontiff a roman of good age will be elected okay and while the arrival of a younger vigorous pope sounds like a good thing nostradamus uh, goes on to say the new leader will weaken his see and that he will be pope for a long time so the new pope is even going to be weaker than pope francis and be pope for a long time i mean i've run for pope before now they changed the rules after i ran the first time so it's more difficult for me to run but i'm willing to run again if needed and wait for the white smoke to come out for me so there's a, a few things that old nostradamus uh, believes is going to happen in 2024 from his quatrains I'll tell you one thing that old uh, Nostradamus didn't predict, and that's that uh, Doritos would come out with a Doritos-flavored alcoholic beverage. <laughs> I don't think that was in any of the quatrains. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't read all the quatrains, so it's possible that uh, old Nostra predicted it. But the empirical ex-Doritos is uh, said to capture all the indulgent flavors of your favorite nacho cheese in liquid form yay the spirit opens with the umami and tangy aromas of nacho cheese moving to the deeper corn forward flavors of the chip to finish on a soft on a soft salty note oh okay now frito-lay's website explains that the actual doritos were used to extract the flavor of the chips to make the drink this is limited release uh, <laughs> Uh, I think you got to pre-order it. Limited edition bottles of Empirical X Doritos Nacho Cheese Spirit available next month for a suggested retail price of 65 bucks. What do I get for 65 bucks? Uh, online and in select New York and California markets. Pre-orders begin today at uh, doritos.x.empirical.co okay so you can get your pre-orders in actually let's see what i get 
for 65 bucks. All right, so we go to the website and they, of course, want to ask us all these questions. Uh, select your region and currency. USA, are you of legal purchase to purchase alcohol? Yes. Are you okay with say, using cookies? Well, not really, but, you know, okay, whatever. And uh, there we go. We drink it up. Okay, so it's a, it's a bottle. Uh, and they say, please nacho cheese responsibly. I can pre-order now. It's uh, 65 bucks. How much is the bottle? What's in the bottle? Ooh, I got uh, different ones here. The, the double gold, the uncategorized spirits that I can purchase. But this isn't the Frito. This isn't the Doritos, Empirical Doritos. Vacuum distilled Doritos nacho cheese. I mean, it's still available at the time of this recording. I almost want to buy one just to have it. The Empirical Doritos uh, X Empirical uh, for 750 milliliters bottle, $65 USD. So if you love Doritos, now is your chance. And you know, the old gaming industry is, uh, there's a couple things happening in the gaming industry that's uh, throwing them into a little, little disarray. Uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, better known as E3, is shutting down. Uh, the Software Association, uh, I'm sorry, the Entertainment Software Association held the all-virtual E3 in June of 2021. I bet that was canceled. Well, no, they did that, and then they canceled it all together in 2022 and 2023 because uh, they struggled to attract exhibitors. So, it's game over. For the old Electronic Entertainment Expo. I'm sorry. E3. So, okay. I see where they quoted Jeff Keighley here, the uh, founder of the Game Awards. Uh, you know, he's a he's a funny, weird dude. I see him because uh, I'm forced to watch the Gaming Awards in my house. And uh, he said that uh, he had attended the E3 since the first one. And uh, he said he was not participating in the expo now because he believes in-person events don't serve gaming fans, developers, or publishers, as well as online events can. That's interesting. So Jeff Keighley, uh, they don't serve uh, gaming fans in person. That's interesting. Uh, so 2019 was the last time E3 was held in person. It drew, I don't know, six, over 66,000 attendees. So, I mean, that's not terrible, I guess. I don't know what they're costing to make that happen. But uh, they tried to form a partnership with uh, Reed Pop, the production company. And that company puts on, you know, New York Comic Con and Star Wars celebrations and stuff like that. Still didn't work out. So if you were looking forward to going to E3 2023, which sounds, uh, you know, sounds like it could have been fun. Uh, it's not. It's not going to happen because uh, they canceled the whole thing and they're shutting the place down. Then we have uh, just four days after the ugly launch of the day before's disastrous launch, the studio uh, closed. Uh, they claim that we miscalculated our capabilities. Oh, okay. Uh, that's great. We uh, we failed financially. We lacked the funds to continue. And so all income received is being used to pay off debts to our partners. So not everybody's getting all their money back. And uh, sorry about it. We invested all our efforts, resources, and man hours in the development of the day before, which was our first huge game. We really wanted to release 
new patches to reveal the full potential of the game but unfortunately we don't have the funding to continue the work so if you were a part of the day before and uh, you thought man what a disastrous launch that was yeah well it was so bad that we go we're gonna go ahead and shut it down why because we miscalculated our capabilities <laughs> that's what she said mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who died today? Who died today? Very sad. Andre Brower. I loved Andre Brower. He is has passed away at the age of 61. You uh, may remember him in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, you know, I, mean, I remember watching him in Homicide Life on the Street. Uh, just tremendous. He's been in a ton of stuff. When you go down his IMDb, you go, oh yeah, I love that. Uh, I played in the miniseries Thief. He was in the movie Salt. I love that stupid movie. And uh, I was really, uh, he's uh, survived by his wife, uh, who also appeared in Homicide Life on the Street, and his three children. He's born in Chicago. He graduated from Stanford University and then attended Juilliard School in the drama division. So he was kind of a smart guy. Andre Brower uh, passed away at the age of 61. Very, very sad. You could go on and on about, you know, just accolades for this guy. He was just awesome. I just, uh, just uh, he will be missed. He will be missed. I mentioned that, you know, his, he's been married to his wife for 32 years. He's got uh, his kids. He's got, they mentioned, they mentioned that his uh, agent, his attorney, and his publicist all been with him for 25 years. I mean, he's the guy. And uh, they ask that in lieu of flowers, donations can be made to the Classical Theater of Harlem, where Brower served on the board. Very sad. Andre Brower, dead at the age of 61. Now, don't be looking at me like that, like you think, oh, there you go. That's, an that's another one. No, uh, they don't say that. What they say is he died after a brief illness. Okay, so if it was what you're thinking, they would have said it. So don't look at me like that. Rest in peace, Andre Brower, uh, dead at the age of 61 after a brief illness. Then we have Zahara. Yes, who died today? Zahara. You know Zahara. Uh, she's a South African music icon. Yeah, yeah. She passed away at the age of 36. Now, it wasn't. Don't look at me like that. It wasn't that she died of liver complications. And uh, she was uh, known as a big-time drinker. Uh, she talked about it. Uh, she talked about it a lot. And they put her in the hospital not too long ago. And the family asked to have her in your prayers. And so uh, that's, you know, it. she succumbed to that with the liver disease. And that's because of, uh, I don't know, the booze. 
and uh she said that uh you know look she was awesome uh she used her platform to speak out about violence against women in south africa uh in one interview last year she said her music was not for recognition but to bring comfort to broken souls that need healing very very uh very sad uh zahara battled her own demons for years uh dead at the age of 36 then we have a little girl uh, it happened again a six-year again i say it didn't happen again this was a six-year-old girl who was sitting on the second floor terrace of her house with her grandfather she fell off the roof to the ground below because she was chased by a troop of monkeys something has got to be done okay this is the second time in uh, like a week that uh, monkeys are chasing people off the roof this is uh, sad uh kirti uh, kirti uh k-i-r-t-i uh was six years old she was chatting with her grandfather on the house terrace and others were working downstairs all of a sudden we heard her screaming for help before we could climb upstairs we heard a loud thud and found her in a pool of blood very 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 sad she tried to escape the monkeys and fell off the roof uh i tell you what i'm not talking about maybe we shouldn't be arming six-year-olds i know but we talked about the 40 year old uh that got uh chased off her roof by monkeys she should have been armed because uh, as soon as you're out especially in india man if you're out in your terrace uh you need to be armed and you need to come out with maybe you just come out and uh as you're sitting down you cock the gun and then you just sit down let them know you're there <laughs> and then when you see one round the corner you just i mean humans first that's just the way it has to be so rest in peace kirti uh, k-i-r-t-i at the age of six okay and then one more <laughs> the uh of who died today a uh, priest in nebraska very very sad a, a sioux city man has been arrested and charged with murder uh of this nebraska priest and he was killed uh in his place of residence happened in fort calhoun nebraska in washington county um beautiful this time of year it's a small town outside of omaha uh, poli- police learned that uh, an attempted break-in around 5 a.m at the saint john uh, the baptist church in fort calhoun and then they the police showed up and found father gutzel g-u-t-g-s-e-l father stephen guxell uh was uh injured from stabbing and they rushed him to the hospital and he did not survive very very sad and so they arrested him and uh i guess the black male was still inside the rectory when the police showed up and so okay i guess the the man charged is 43 year old uh carrie l williams of sioux city and uh, he's charged with homicide and use of a weapon to commit a felony Hmm. okay uh so uh, i know what you're thinking you're thinking hey is that the same father stephen guxell that uh pleaded guilty in 2007 to theft by deception for embezzling 127 thousand dollars from an area church yep if that's him is that the same one that was sentenced to probation and ordered to pay restitution that's him is that the same father gutzel that was then reassigned to a different church yes that's him 
Wait, and I know some of you are probably saying, hey, is that the same guy, the Severin Reverend, the same Reverend Gutzell, whose brother is a Reverend Michael Gutzell, who also pleaded guilty to theft charges in a separate incident in 2021? Yes, you would be correct. It is the same guy. But the police say, and you're right in thinking that, I, I get it, but the police say that at this time, they do not believe that the death is related to his criminal history. So, there. Well, rest in peace, Father Stephen Guckshell. Uh, they don't have an age for the father. I'm guessing he's, you know, at least in his 50s, but they don't say his age. So, rest in peace, Father Stephen Guckshell. <laughs> Okay, be sure to uh, follow me on my social media accounts uh, on X at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can always email the show, ChewingTheFat at TheBlaze.com. You can follow me on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, and you can order a cameo from me uh, at JeffyJFR on Cameo. That's not free, but uh, you just go to Cameo at JeffyJFR and tell me whether you want me to be happy, sad, glad, mad, mean, whatever you'd like, and uh, I'll do it. That's the way it works at JeffyJFR on cameo i see where uh it got me thinking about this next story the next couple of stories i see a headline that talks about health insurance giant cigna drops bid to acquire rival humana and they're going to buy back 10 billion dollars worth of shares (laughs) okay well good good for them good for them but tied to this health insurance giant cigna dropping their bid to acquire humana is another story that talks about uh our government uh held some briefings with major pharmacies and we learned that each year law enforcement agencies secretly obtain the prescription records of thousands of americans without a warrant uh how about no that's none of your business I don't even like you being able to get a warrant for it, but okay, if you got a warrant, that's fine through a judge. I mean, there's HIPAA laws to worry about. So in many cases, pharmacies are just handing over sensitive medical records. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, Whatever. Uh, Now they're, I guess, supposed to tell customers when the government demands their data, but most of them don't. I mean, did I forget to call Betty? Gosh darn it. So representatives from the five of the eight companies that the lawmakers spoke to said they required demands for pharmacy records to be reviewed by a legal professional before a response is sent. But they said, well, they don't require a warrant. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we have to put up with a little subpoena, something like that. That's it. Other companies, uh, Walgreens, Boots Alliance, Cigna, OptumRx, Walmart, and Amazon Pharmacy. Uh, Amazon does notify customers if law enforcement sought out their medical records. But um, CVS, I'm sorry, CVS Health, Rite Aid, and Kroger said that we just uh, allow the pharmacy staff members to give law enforcement officers the medical records of customers. Yeah, you know, prescription history. Wait, without a warrant? Yeah, you know, we want to help the law enforcement out. 
<laughs> and the companies, uh, Rite Aid, CVS Health, and Kroger, they do not have a policy in place that requires the staff to notify customers when they share the information. But big deal, because the other ones have their policy in place and they don't do it. So, and nobody, you know, sorry about it. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, those whole hippo laws and all that stuff. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Now, of course, they all say, well, our these processes are consistent with industry practices. Yeah, that's the problem. That is the problem in and of itself, isn't it? So we've got to do something, man. This is out of control. Uh, I guess, you know, for sure, they need to get a warrant. And that's the police just thinking they could just come in and do what they want. Yeah, we want to know this drug history of somebody that we probably arrested and we want to take a look at their drug history. Got anything on that? Yeah, here, let me print that up for you. Um, this is what the pharmacy should say. Uh, these are the same pharmacies that complain they don't have enough help. They're whining. They're shutting down for lunches. They're taking. They're closing the pharmacies on certain days now. They've got. They're having walk-offs around the country because they don't have enough help. These are the same pharmacies. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's just getting so busy, and I don't know what to do, and we need help. Oh, and I just have to fill so many prescriptions. The same pharmacies. When the police officer comes in, yeah, just give them the information. Print it out for them. You got nothing else to do. Right? You got nothing else to do. Just print out that information. Don't worry about needing a warrant. Don't worry about calling the customer. Don't worry about any of that. Just print it out. Just give it to them. Um, How about no? I know that they're supposed to be protecting us and we're supposed to, you know, back to blue. I got it. And all that, all that, all of it. I got it. But you have to follow the law. And for them to just walk in, that's how TV shows do it all the time. We've talked about that. They make you look like a bad person uh, on these police shows if you don't let the police come into your house when they want to talk to you or want to check it out. You have a warrant? They make the people who ask, do you have a warrant? Look like the bad people. No. No, we're not the bad people. We're just the people who want you to follow the law. I want to help you. You know, but I don't want you to. I don't want to help you and then get myself in trouble. Uh, Okay. So how about you follow the law like the rest of us are supposed to do? Please. I know. Then you get back to how about no. All right. So I'll leave you with uh, something a little more fun. Okay. Uh, This has been sent to me uh, multiple times. And uh, it's this guy. It's from back in October. It's from an Instagram account. STR Hunter. STR Hunter. And he is sitting at uh, a, a restaurant counter and he's talking to people and he believes that he has cracked the code of a lifetime, it says on the screen. And he's developed this triangle matrix on women and how you can tell what kind of woman you have. And he has it written on a little, on a napkin, his matrix. And he's got a guy there filming it on his phone as he explains his his code for uh, women. It's the matrix, yes, it's the matrix of like finding a woman. You only get to pick two, so you've got the triangle, you've got hot at the top. It's the matrix, yes, it's the matrix of like finding a woman. You only get to pick two, so you've got the triangle, you've got hot at the top. 
hot. You got Saint. Saint. Single. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so basically, if she's hot and she's sane, then she's definitely not single. <laughs> if she's hot and she's single, she's definitely, definitely not sane. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about that. And if she's sane and she's single, but she's definitely not hot. Think about it. And they're all laughing. Even the women are laughing because you know why? Facts are facts. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, that's the triangle matrix of uh, the women. So you have the three sides. You got hot, sane, single. Well, you get you know three points of the triangle. You get it. Hot, sane, single. And you can only pick two. If you didn't uh, understand it the first time, I'm going to re-explain it to you because I want to be sure you understand it. Uh, if you have hot and sane, then you're definitely not single. If you have sane and single, you're definitely not hot. And if you have hot and single, you're definitely not sane. That's that guy's matrix, okay? I'm not saying I agree with it, although... and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.